Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. There's no other way to say it except that last week was not a good week for the Tennessee Titans at a time when there are not headlines to be made. Two members of the 2022 draft class made headlines and, uh, and not in a good way. We will, uh, we will look into that on this episode of, uh, Believe in Titans podcast. We'll look at what happened, what it means, what uh, what is likely to uh, to to come down the pike for these two guys. We should note. Uh, I, I know we talked about it at great length last year at this time, but you can't let July Fourth pass without uh, without recognizing the uh, the anniversary of Steve McNair's passing. It, uh, it it's always interesting to see on social media all the. Uh, the photos and the memories of of Steve that pop up at that time, and uh, I'm sure many fans did the uh, listening to this did the same thing this week. But uh, uh, tip of the cap, as always, to to Steve McNair and and his greatness and his toughness and all of that. But uh, but we are going to move on to more present matters with our usual lineup of Titan former Titans cornerback Denard Walker. Denard, how are you? I'm doing great this evening. How are you doing, David? Doing good. Doing good. Thank you. And uh, John Glennon of the Nashville Post. John, how are things? Well, hope you guys are good. Doing doing great. And uh, let me remind you once again, this is the Believe in Titans podcast, your weekly, although we did take off last week, your uh, your weekly source of uh, of everything you need to know and, and some things you, uh, you probably should think about related to the uh, – the Tennessee Titans and uh let's get uh let's get right into the bad news of the uh of the week. Number one, third round pick from a year ago, Nicholas Petit Frere, the Titans starting right tackle, the only member of the offensive line who is going to be back at the same position he played last year, now will not be around for the first six games, suspended for uh for violation of the league's gambling policies. He was very forthright in his public statement about what happened, uh, namely that he uh, he did legal gambling, which, uh, you know, it is legal in the state of Tennessee. Legal gambling, um, only he did it at the team facility, which apparently is a violation of league policy. He said uh, he, he said he, he listened when, uh, when the – Gambling policy was spelled out for players at at some point or multiple points, but uh, said he missed that part of it or was unaware of it, and uh, and so now he is out for the first six games of the season. John Glennon, how big a problem is this going to be for the Titans at the start of the year? That's a big problem. I mean, uh, there were already certainly uh, question marks, significant question marks uh, about this Titans offensive line going forward, uh, and even though Nicholas Petit Frere you know, was only going into his second season, he was kind of probably the most stable piece uh, and experienced piece in in a way at this offensive line. Uh, He's the only returning starter at that, at the same position as last year. 
The only other returning starter is Aaron Brewer, but he is likely to move from left guard to uh, to center for the coming year. Uh, the other, you know, we got new starters at left tackle, at left guard, and at right guard too. So certainly, Petit Frere was was going to be counted on for his experience. Uh, and there's not, as you look down the depth chart, there are not a lot of players um, that have experience on uh, at playing right tackle on the roster. Uh, um, you know, some of the the obvious things that that come to mind immediately. You say, okay, Jamarco Jones is a is a versatile guy they signed last year uh you know has played some guard some some tackle you know maybe you 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 plug him in at that spot for the first six games but really when you look at that track record he's only had about 80 snaps in his career uh playing at right tackle so you know there's some newness involved there you know you think maybe uh the the youngster they drafted in what the sixth round i think jalen duncan out of maryland uh, you know, is is a tackle okay? Maybe he goes there. He didn't play a lot of of right tackle in college either, and and generally, it's a bit of a stretch to think a sixth round pick rookie would would be you know starting at that position right away. So, I wonder maybe one of the potential solutions, um, the guy that is most likely seemingly to start at right guard right now, Daniel Brunskill, really has the most right tackle experience. Uh, I think he played almost 300 snaps back in 2019, uh, and then played it pretty well. Uh, you know, graded out pretty well that year um, with the with the 49ers. So maybe the solution is move him uh, to right uh, from right guard to right tackle. Then, of course, you wonder who's in at right guard. Maybe that's a more comfortable spot for Jamarco Jones. Um, the only other alternative there would seemingly be to look at the free agent market, where a guy named George Fant. Uh, still available uh, a lot of experience at right tackle uh you know a guy who played at western kentucky so certainly might uh, enjoy coming coming back home um you know so so maybe that's the solution but if you're going to pay some money to george Fant, that that's uh, obviously going to be less money you have to potentially pay other guys you know potentially like a uh, like a deandre hopkins so a lot of uh, a lot of different um you know things going on uh, unfortunately with this petite prayer suspension yeah, Corey Levin, I guess, you know, a guy who's been on the roster for a while, has been around, is a is another option to to plug in at, at right guard if you wanted to do that. But uh you know, a guy who's been a career backup, how comfortable do you do you feel about him starting six games for you? And uh, uh Denard, I'll, I'll ask it to you this way. Um is it worth it to to move Brunskill after he has spent the offseason at, at, at right guard primarily and 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 shake up this this line again or uh, or is it just best to you know try Dylan Radens or or the you know the rookie uh, at right tackle and do you know do do something just to fix that one position for the short term? Well, I was about to say that I'm I'm disappointed in uh, both of you. The fact, but I, you kind of earned some credit points with Dylan Raines because I was going to say, hey, I was going to go back and say, hey, wasn't this your second round pick just a few years ago? And I know we've been down on it for a few years, but I do believe that one man's loss is another individual's opportunity. And this can be a huge opportunity for Dylan Raines in 2023 to kind of cap off a disappointing, uh, 
career so far. So again, I mean, I hate to see Nicholas Petit Frere go out like this, but again, that's why you have you're, you're a solid backup. When I look at this team uh, right now, it's a makeshift line. You're talking about Aaron Brewer uh, starting your first game of the season. It was against the Saints. You got one player with experience, uh, I mean, as far as in the Titans organization with the start and then rest, we don't know. So, again, I mean, you got a 29-year-old running back. Uh, what are you going to do the first game of the season? So this is going to be tough. I, I would love to see them plug Dylan Ratings at that right tackle position and uh, give him a chance to see if uh, he's ready to play. Yeah, and, and but, that, you know, that might be Mike Vrabel's approach, too, is you sit the kid down and say, look, this is this is your chance. You know, there there is nobody better right now. There's nobody who's going to beat you out for this job. You have to go step in there and and, and take this over for for the time being and uh and get us through these first 6 games and then we'll, you know, we'll see what things look like from there. But uh but this is uh th- this does feel like, you know, Dylan Raiden's had a really good opportunity last year. This feels like by far his best opportunity for uh, for playing time. Yeah, but but I, I got to bring up this point too. We don't know what his health status is going to be. Dylan Raiden's tore yeah, his ACL in, in in December. That was late in the season too. Uh, um, so you know, I'm I'm not at all sure that he is going to be ready. You know, for training camp or you know for for the you know for the start of the regular season too. And that's a little bit risky. I'm thinking, um, you know, given the timetable we've seen on, on ACLs, and, and again, this is a late one. This was December of last year. Might be a little bit risky, you know, to to put all your eggs in the in the Raiden's basket, uh, given that that's a little bit of question mark on the health there. So we'll have to see how that develops too. Denard, let me, if memory serves, you you uh, you had a brief suspension. What at the start of maybe the 2000 season? And I'm curious, like. Just from Nicholas Petit Frere's perspective, what's it going to be like when he comes back in, and and how you know how much is he going to have to guard against trying to do too much and and you sort of make it up to his teammates at that moment? I mean, you're talking about missing over a quarter of the season. He's going to be out in six weeks. Yeah, yep. that's a long time. I mean, you only have 17 games uh, in a season. So, I mean, you're going to be out for an extended period of time. So the question is, is when you come back, will you be in football shape? Will you be ready to go? Or will this team be playing well? And let's say whoever they plug in that right tackle position or if they shift everything around, what happens if that, that unit is playing well? Do you plug him right back in the starting lineup? I don't think that's going to happen. That's going to be a tough decision on Nicholas. So, uh, and I did have a brief, but I only had a one-game suspension. So I really didn't miss anything. I missed the Buffalo game, and I was right back for the Kansas City game. So, But even that one week, I mean, it, it feels like you've been out three weeks, and it, and it takes a while to get back in game shape. So for Nicholas, I mean, this is a huge blow to this offensive unit. We're already talking about uh, pretty much for you know this whole spring about this is a makeshift line. And, I mean, I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, if I'm – uh, Jason Haltling right now. I got my work cut out for me. Anybody want to reach out to Taylor Lewan? <laughs> yeah, you, you might have to at this point <laughs> to see if he'll take uh, what they can give him. I mean, he's made enough money, uh, you know, to uh, to live off of. Wow, this would be a great opportunity for Taylor. I mean, they're going to have to do something. I mean, this is a huge blow to this offensive unit. 
Yeah, but it sounded like, you know, speaking of Taylor Lewan, you know, it seems like in his most recent update and in that lawsuit that he filed, you know, it, it certainly, you know, indicated to me that he, there was certainly a good chance that he was done in his career. You know, that's one of the reasons he was suing, uh, you know, was because he didn't think he could play anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't know that that was definitely set in stone, but that's kind of the impression that I got. And, and you know, certainly Taylor Lewan is a guy who, has plenty of uh, outside interests, as we as we all know. He's, he's you know a very extroverted, lively, personable guy, and making uh, you know all kinds of uh, uh, social media influencing gains uh, with his "Bussin' with the Boys" podcast with Will Compton. And uh, you know, I, I just don't know. You know, there are some guys that that you you think will do anything to get back in the game and are, and are dying to get back in. I'm not sure that Taylor Lewan fits that fits that category. You know, he seems like a guy. I don't. I don't think he would. He would go anywhere. I. I think. I think if if things happened just right, he would consider coming back to the Titans. But to your point, John, too, you see him on social media these days. He's not. 315 pounds right, or whatever, right. whatever he's, you know, his playing weight is. And, and he talked about it early in the off season that the, you know, the whole thing was getting down to a weight where he could rehab and get himself healthy and, and make sure his, his knees hold up for the rest of his life and that sort of thing. You know, it, it, it would be asking him a lot, a lot of him right now to get from where he is to his regular playing weight and and you know get 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 that bulk back on that uh that he needs to to anchor himself and do the job in the nfl so i mean i threw that out there just because it, it it's kind of interesting it it certainly on on any number of fronts seems like a long shot but desperate times uh call for desperate measures so yeah. uh mo- moving on the more bad news was uh was with one of last year's fourth round picks running back Hassan Haskins, who, uh, who, who was arrested after, uh, after a second, uh, domestic violence incident in, uh, in the span of what, about two weeks or so, two to two and a half weeks. And, uh, according to the reports, uh, this, this seems like, uh, you know, both, both members of this relationship behaved badly, both were arrested and 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 face uh, face charges going forward. Um, John uh, Hassan Haskins is not suspended right now, but I I don't think there's any question that's coming at some point. Correct? I would have to think so. Now and again, you know, we're, we're just dealing with allegations right now, and uh, but the allegations were were clearly significant enough that, uh, as you mentioned, Hassan Haskins uh, was arrested. Uh, and he's facing, uh, you know, not just a, uh, a trivial offense by any stretch, but, you know, a felony offense of, of uh, you know, assault by strangulation. And, and the charges are and the details in this uh, in the court documents and police reports are, are not pretty. Um, it's it's brutal uh, to, to read through it. And, he, you know, he's accused of strangling his girlfriend twice, you know, I think once for, you know, up to 10 to 15 seconds. Uh, you know, pushing her to the to the floor. Uh, another example of, of a detail, you know, when she apparently was about to take a knife to his car tires, uh, he apparently, again, these are allegations, you know, we would do process. We'll, we'll see what comes of this. But, you know, allegedly cocked a gun and, and said, I wish you would in terms of 
slashing the tire. So just awful, awful stuff. Um, and I, I would feel certain he'll, he'll be suspended. And and to be honest, you know, uh, again, we'll see how things play out. Uh, but it's hard for me to see him on this Titans roster, really in in any way, shape, or form. Uh, if if most are are a part of, of this is accurate, you know, we all know running backs, you know, are are not the most valued position in the in the league. You know, there, there's always a lot of them, uh, and the Titans have, have plenty of them, too. Obviously, Derrick Henry is the stud, but, you know, even behind him, there's still depth. There's, you know, Tajay Spears they just drafted. There's there's Jonathan Ward, the free agent who they like. Julius Chestnut is another guy who kind of has that, you know, big body style of of a, of a Haskins or a Derrick Henry. So, yeah, and, and I, I think we also all know that uh, the NFL will never say it, the teams will never say it either. But there are different rules for different players, too. You know, if, if certain star players, you know, run into uh, difficulties and, and do bad things off the field, they tend to get more chances uh, than, than other guys. Hassan Haskins has not reached that level where he gets multiple chances, I don't think. Uh, so, boy, it's it's tough to see Hassan Haskins on the roster moving forward, I don't think. Yeah, I know. I know Denard Walker heard it back in the day. Jeff Fisher used to like to say that uh, everybody gets treated differently under the same set of rules. And, uh, um, uh, you know, the the fact that that Hassan Haskins is not a starter, the fact that you've got a, a, you know, Julius Chestnut, who was who was a rookie, was right there with him last year, a guy they liked enough to keep on the roster at the start of the year. Uh, I mean, they they can convince themselves easily that well we can we can do without Haskins. Uh, Denard, it, it, you know, how likely do you think that is? Would would the Titans cut him even before any sort of suspension comes down, or or do you expect they'll uh, they'll they'll be a little more patient with this situation? Well, do you want to be a GM right now, a new GM? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a, a that, that's that can't be. It, I, I'm sure this is one of these things where Rand Carthen is going. Yeah. You know, I knew this was going to come up yeah. at some point, at but some point. you know, before my first training camp even, come on. Yeah, and and man, it, it, and for it to happen at this time, and and I feel for uh, both parties. Uh, God, that, that sounds like a deplorable relationship and you hate to see a young man or a young woman, uh, go through something like that. But, uh, Rand Carthen has his work cut out. First of all, I mean, there's, you got to wait till all the evidence and everything kind of weighs out. But regardless of the situation, uh, when you bring attention to yourself in any form in the National Football League, you will, you will have some kind of suspension. We looked at Deshaun Watson situation. We talked about all of the accusers. He was never, uh, what was it, uh, guilty of any of those charges from, from what I know. I don't understand, but the league came down on him. So again, regardless of what happens out of this, at some point, he's going to serve a suspension. They're not going to let you go free, uh, in the National Football League. And what, and then from what I understand that the new domestic violence has been extended to at least six games. So regardless of what happens, I mean, he's going to have a hefty fine and a hefty suspension if he comes back. Yeah, and it, I, I get the sense reading some of this stuff that uh, that you know he was he was aware uh, of the situation he was in and and the professional issues that it was going to create for him. I mean, he apparently some of the evidence includes a video he took of of her swinging a broomstick at him and you know things like that. Like, I mean, clearly this is this is a guy who was who was thinking at some point 
I'm going to have to do something. I, I'm going to have to show that that this was self-defense or justifiable or something. And uh, but but to your point, Denard, you know, there, there's a difference between being guilty in the court of law and being guilty under the the NFL's personal conduct policy. It's a uh, it's it's a much much lower bar, and 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 the league and teams like to like to make examples of guys when they uh, when they can. You know, just look at. Uh, just look at Jamal Lewis. Uh, I, I mean, it, it was a terrible incident caught on videotape. Ended the guy's career. I mean, oh, just, just, just. I mean, just plain ended the guy's career. And and is that fair? I, I, you know, that's that's for everybody to decide. But uh, but that's you know, that depending on uh, depending on what comes of this this Hassan Haskins thing. Hassan Haskins has a uh, has much much less of a resume than Jamal. Uh, Jamal Lewis ever no not Jamal Lewis uh, Ray Rice Ray Rice Ray Rice excuse me I said that twice I, I um, yeah Ray Rice it's uh, you know it it'll uh, it, it I mean it's it, it it's gonna be it's gonna be difficult for him to uh, to overcome this and uh, and and yeah your your point about Rand Carthen is well taken Denard I mean this is uh, the, the, you know people are gonna be watching right now to see sort of how he reacts and how he uh how he deals with a situation like this because it's uh you know these things do come up these are these are human beings and uh and and human beings make mistakes whether it's uh you know whether it's a valid mistake whether it's a a, a total egregious one again that's for that's for other people to decide at at other times but uh but it, it, you know, I I think we all agree, as John pointed out, the their life can go on for this team without Hassan Haskins. It, it, without Nicholas Petit Frere, it, it's a that's debatable right now. We'll we'll have to see. But uh, um, John, you referenced him earlier. We we gotta we gotta check in on DeAndre Hopkins. Still has not signed. There seems to uh, seems to be a growing sentiment, though, that that New England is going to be the place. Is that uh, is that your sense of of how things uh, are going to play out based on what you're what you're reading and seeing right now? I, I I agree with you that there does seem to be that sense, you know, and, and maybe it's just uh, you know because of the the various leaks or whatever the particular various leaks that that we seem to be getting but there does seem to be that that vibe doesn't there that that new england seems to be more of the favorite than the titans um you know and and uh it was a little surprising you know the patriots not too long ago um you know re-signed Devontae parker one of their wide receivers to a pretty nice contract and and uh some some big money and the initial thought was maybe oh wait a minute are they gonna uh you know are they still gonna have enough money or enough interest and uh, DeAndre Hopkins at this point to, to go after him. But I think, you know, it's one of those deals where even though the Patriots have, have you know, added that Devontae Parker contract, some others, they actually cleared some cap room uh, in that regard. So I think the pursuit uh, is, is still very much uh, in, in order there. Um, you know, on the, on the other hand, if it was if it was that clear cut, you know, DeAndre Hopkins would have jumped in uh and uh, and signed by now but that hasn't happened either you know we, we the assumption is he's going to wait as long as possible you know who can blame him uh you know nothing in particular is going on right now and and every day that goes by 
there's a chance that another team gets involved, another team that might that might possibly throw some significant money out there. So uh, I, I think the Titans are the team uh, more in need of, of uh, DeAndre Hopkins than the Patriots, but I think the Patriots look to be and and seem to be in, in better position. I, I would agree with you. If I had to put a dollar on at this point, I would say Patriots instead of Titans, but uh, it hasn't happened yet. Denard, does he does he need to be in training camp on the first day, or or would it maybe benefit him to to wait a couple weeks, see if somebody gets hurt in, in you know in wherever with the Rams, with Miami, somewhere that that has a a big time passing game would, and then all of a sudden develops a really big need to where he becomes much more valuable. Would that be uh, would that be a better way for him to look at this sort of thing? I don't know. You know, it, it just depends on. And wasn't it you, David, that said he doesn't like to practice? Or he, that, sure. that's that is the word <laughs> on him that he yeah he is <laughs> not a uh, he's not the most enthusiastic <laughs> practice player well, ever. Yeah. The, well, if that's the case, we probably won't see him to have the training camp make. We'll be talking about this. <laughs> it is basically the offensive version of Jadavian Clowney. There you go. And I've seen a lot of guys here. do this. I've seen a lot of guys throughout my time. They will milk it to after training camp, and then after training camp, they'll make a decision to go ahead and sign it. <laughs> From what I understand, David, there's another team that's in the mix. That's Buffalo because there's a lot of issues going on with Diggs. He's making up a lot of noise. You think that uh, Hop, B Hop, D Hop can end up in Buffalo? Could that be a possibility? I do. Yeah. I mean, they, they were mentioned sort of right off the bat, even before, you know, the, the Stefan Diggs unhappiness sort of, uh, sort of became public. I, you know, the, the thought was he and Diggs would be a tremendous pairing and I, and I, you know, I, 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 you'd have a hard time arguing otherwise there. Um, if, if the bills decide to move Diggs, then yes, obviously they have a, uh, you know they have a they have a huge need there, and I, I would think uh, I would think DeAndre Hopkins would be very attractive to them. So uh, yeah, I, 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 the longer this drags on, the more I think he's like, you know what? Yeah, I don't get into a camp somewhere until the middle of August or late August. I'm good, and uh, I mean he know he, it, it's not like it's. I mean he's the type of player that he's game ready. So well, so and but but somebody's going to want him, right? It's it's yeah. not like you're going to fall that. off the radar, and and teams are going to move on, and you know you know somebody will always find money to pay a, a DeAndre Hopkins because it. I mean, yeah, I mean he's 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 a gamer. Like it's clear what he can do for uh, for any offense that uh, that, that is going to be fortunate enough to get him at this point. So here's a here's a question I have for you, Denard. What? Um... I, I always wonder, you know, when we, we talk about Buffalo there, is it tough? You know, would it be tough for, if you're if you're a player to, like, have Buffalo at the top of your list as a free agent? And I'm talking about I, I know they've got a great <laughs> team. They've got a great quarterback, a great offense, and they're a Super Bowl contender. But uh, I don't know. It's it, You know, are you going to do you want to spend half your year, you know, when it's 10 degrees uh, uh, up there and. You know, you got to take a snowmobile a couple weekends a year yeah. to uh, to to your game and so forth. Does that enter into the equation for for players at all, or or is it is it you know basically does it come down to to money and and the team situation? Well, if you don't like the weather, then you need to think about that. I mean, that's something. But you know what? At the end of the day, it's about the money. 
You don't yeah. see too many Buffalo players complaining about the weather. They seem to enjoy <laughs> it. I know I wouldn't like it, but if the money was right, and I, and I tell you what, and you know, we, we talked about this and you mentioned it, uh, John, about on the podcast, I am an athlete that there was one quarterback in particular yeah. that he wanted to play with. That's Josh Allen. So you don't right. think that they're right now in Buffalo trying to recruit D-Hop to get up there and help that team get over the hump uh, and get to a uh, Super Bowl? True. True that. Yeah. I don't know if they've got the funds that the Titans and Patriots do even, but yeah, who knows what's going to happen with Stephon Diggs. Like we say, that that could change things in a hurry. Yeah, it's uh... – and and until something happens, Titans fans will keep their fingers crossed. I mean, he's uh, it. I mean, he came here. He he spent time. He he posted about on social media. Clearly, it, it, Tennessee is a possibility for him. It, it, we'll, we just don't know how much of a possibility. Uh, as we as we count this thing down here, let, let's wrap this up by talking about the. Uh, the coaching staff, the Mike Vrabel made some changes. I, I dare say these are the most changes uh, the coaching staff has had in, in one off season, either, uh, either guys in new spots or new, uh, new coaches brought in from the outside The you know, those in new spots include uh, Tony dues going from uh running backs coach to tight end, Jason Hodling going from assistant uh, offensive line coach to offensive line coach. You bring in a, a Charles London as quarterbacks coach, passing game coordinator, uh, Chris Harris as, as cornerbacks coach, defensive pass game coordinator. Um, you know, London and, and Harris uh, were both sort of hot commodities during the, uh, during the off season. And, and John, any one of these, particular guys more intriguing to you in terms of what they might be able to contribute this year than any of the others? Yeah. Um, for me, I, I went top of my list was, uh, was really Charles London um, in terms of being intriguing and, and, and curious as to see how it all plays out uh, because there's so many things in, in play here. Um, uh, you know, number one, he's, he's new to the organization. Unlike some of the other guys, like, you know, Tony Dews is just moving different position. Jason uh, Hodling, uh, you know, was an assistant there with the offensive line, so he's he's got some familiarity as well. But Charles London is n- new to the system. He's not only the the quarterbacks coach, but he's you know the passing game coordinator too. So that's additional responsibilities. You know, he'll be he'll be working uh, at least somewhat with wide receivers, with tight ends, uh, you know, potentially offensive uh, offensive line uh, as well. And, you know, he's got responsibilities for not only, obviously, the veteran Ryan Tannehill, but for two potential quarterbacks of the future. You know, until they prove otherwise, um, you know, both Malik Willis and and Will Levis are are considered potential quarterbacks of the future. So he's got to work not only with the the veteran, but develop two quarterbacks who, uh, you know, have very little or zero uh, experience right now. So a lot of, of different things uh, in, in play for Charles London. And you throw in the fact he's only been a quarterback's coach for two years uh, in the NFL. And that was the last two years in, in Atlanta. So uh, I'm really curious what he's going to bring to the table. It was uh, interesting. A couple weeks ago, I think he was at a uh, an NFL quarterback summit. Uh, and there were some tidbits that came out on social media from kind of the, the kind of the presentation um, that, that he was giving. Uh, and and one of the uh, the phrases that came up, I guess, repeatedly with with Charles London was he he uh, used the phrase "feed the studs," 
and and I think that's going to go over very well uh, with Titans fans because there was certainly much uh, angst last year over the fact that guys like Traylon Burks and and Chigo Conquo weren't getting enough targets even as the year progressed. So when you hear uh, the new new quarterbacks coach and passing game coordinator say feed the studs, that's a, that's at least one step in the in the right direction there. Denard, uh, a- anybody on that list you're uh, you're keeping a close eye on? I got my eye on Jason Hotling. Man, he's got his <laughs> he's got his work cut out for, especially with this situation with Nicholas Petit Frere. I mean, you're talking about what is his second year with the Tennessee organization. He's spent 14 years at the collegiate level. You just fired Keith Carter, who's now with the Jets. So you're a new offensive coach, and now you got what five guys, and out of the five guys, you only have one with the well, two with experience uh, from last year with Aaron Brewer and Nicholas Batiste. So now you got a free agent at left tackle. You're talking a free agent at right guard, and you got a rookie at left tackle. Man, you got your work cut out. So again, I'm going to have my eye on Coach Hotling and what he's going to bring to the table next year. And it's like he said in an interview, he said he wanted all of his players working as one unit. So we'll see. Yeah, he, he's a he, he's got an interesting resume. A guy who was uh, a high school head coach briefly. He was a, a head coach in the uh, in the FCS, not a very successful one. Uh, 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 lost twice, more than twice as many games as he won at Wagner over five seasons, but, uh, but really was, you know, was an offensive coordinator, a head coach, a a running backs coach early in his career. He's only, he's only sort of gravitated specifically to the offensive line in 2020 as Colgate at Colgate and then came to the Titans the year after that. So he's, he's relatively new as an offensive line coach, but, uh, but a guy who clearly has leadership qualities and, uh, and, and you know that have been recognized throughout his career. So he, yeah, he's he's an intriguing name. I, I'm I'm really curious about Tony Dews with the tight ends. Uh, uh, you, you know, this is a guy who y- you wonder you wonder how much of an impact he had on Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry was always great, right? We know he was he was the greatest high school running back ever. He was a Heisman Trophy winner at Alabama. Um, you know, you, you almost get the sense that Tony Deuce would have had a harder time screwing up Derrick Henry than, uh, than otherwise. But Derrick Henry's NFL career didn't take off until – 2018, his third season. Oh, which by the way was was Tony Dews' first season on the staff here, and uh, and, and the more those guys worked together for a couple of years, the the better things got. So now Tony Dews goes to tight ends. He's he's got Chigo Conquo, who is you know as we've gone through is, is the probably the most exciting young player on this roster right now, and uh, and, and he'll have a you know he'll have a chance to to work with him with uh with another tight end in this year's draft class i i think uh i i think we're we're going to learn a lot more about tony dues and just how good a coach he really is because i think he is he is probably a a very good one and and that's the guy i'm going to be watching but uh but that'll do it for this and and we appreciate you all listening and uh and checking in with us every week we will be, we will be back next week with uh with another episode until then john glennon thank you Thank you, guys. And Denard Walker, thank you. Thank you. And I am David Beauclair. This is, as always, the Believe in Titans podcast.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.